Bitcoin and energy go together like two peas in a pod? Huh. Everybody knows that, Dad. Well, did you know that donkeys make great crew members? What's up, everyone? Welcome to another week of Big Digital Energy. We can no longer just say BDE because when you actually Google BDE, you get some not safe for work results. Yeah, you get, so you get pornographic websites. Or if you search it on the podcast, it's Big Dykes Energy. Yeah. And so, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, and we don't judge. It's just we'd much rather no, be. Right. We're from an urban dictionary. Yeah, we're the source of everything. So, <laughs> so it's we're, Big Digital Energy when you search. Yeah. So we'll start referring to the show as Big Digital Energy. Also, some changes. We're going to try taking away the live component because we've had nothing but issues with live streaming software. So... Um, we're just going to try this out and see how it works and, uh, should be good though. The first and Stay probably same. most accurate definition for BD on urban dictionary, which is my source. Yeah. <laughs> it stands for big dick energy. <laughs> if you have confidence, but aren't cocky about it. If you have BDE, if you are a try hard about it, then you don't radiate BDE. So see. let's use it in the sentence. That's what it meant. Most of the people who search a BD definition just to nod their head and say, that's me, even though they already knew the definition, most likely are trying hard. This might be no the BD. most boomer thing that's ever <laughs> happened on here. And I've been doing a podcast here for two some odd years. So, yes, I mean, BDE yeah. did stand for Big Dick Energy before we started our podcast. And now it stands for Big Digital Energy. Hell yeah. And so... So we got spell it out. We have the big digital spell energy. Edit, edit. <laughs> All right, what do we got? Right, what do we got right, on going, the? What do we got I'm on the docket no, today? I'm going number one right here. BP. We talked about that last week, but I read their press release. Actually, BBC did an article on this. This is crazy. So last year they had 28 billion dollars worth of profit. UK has created an energy profits levy. You know the British mm. are so polite. A levy. <laughs> Um, but it basically is on the extraordinary profits made from extracting UK oil and gas. So it was originally 25%. It's now 35%. Mm -hmm. The corporate income tax is 30%. There is a supplemental 10% tax, which I don't understand what it's for. So their total tax rate on their UK oil and gas assets, 75%. So get this, the UK business made less than 10% of the global profits for BP, so less than $2.8 billion. They're paying $2.2 billion in taxes to the UK. 700 million of it is windfall profits tax. That's insane. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That's insane. I'm just laughing at Shell, who just a few years ago moved its headquarters from The Hague in the Netherlands to the UK, to London. They're probably now thinking, we just made a really bad decision. Well, why we, did they we not move to, to Yes, yeah, we told... We said it on the show. They should have moved HQ to Houston. I know. Well, they hate Houston, but I can attest that having worked there. Um, <laughs> okay, all wanna, you former Shell people, we all know it. And, and yeah, um, YL, you this. know this. YL, <laughs> the CEO now. YL's one of my buds. YL, you're, you're CEO now. You lived in Houston. He can tell, but he won't say it. Yeah. But he'll listen to his broadcast and go, he's right. They know. They know they messed up. 
But that's crazy. 75% of your profit going to the government. I mean, why, talk why about- Why is like the government the, the, the person that's the arbiter of windfall profits? It's like, yeah. if you gave it to poor people that bought gasoline, okay, I could see that maybe. Yeah. Or I could see it, you know, grandma needs to heat her house in the winter. Okay. But the government, I mean, what do they do? Yeah. The, um, I think it's interesting that that's happening to BP because I mean, BP is kind of, I don't know if any major deserves it. It's probably them. Right. Um, you know, I, I think <laughs> no one deserves it. No one deserves it, but you know, BP's kind of gone we, to the, I don't want to say they haven't gotten progressive work, end of the spectrum. Yes. There you go. <laughs> that's a very, we, we've talked a little bit about saying this. that. But I think, did y'all talk about the uh, BP uh, report last week? Did y'all talk about that? We did. That was on, Mark yeah. touched did. on it. Yeah, we did. And so we, I didn't get to join on the show, but I wanted to talk about by that. By the way, because how's the prostate? I was, so you walked right into that. It's been a rough month. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a rough yeah. month. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think we talked about on the show like one or two months ago that BP was considering stopping that report because it didn't align with their internal That's right. mission that they wanted to do. And so anyways, I just well, think I, that, uh, I think a little bit of reality is set in, in terms of their underperformance from a stock perspective. And when those things happen over a longer period of time, executives and boards start to worry about their, their own, uh, yeah, their compensation, their, their, their right. jobs. Their, their so own what you, stability. What do you think second order effects are of that happening? You know, to Chuck, you said 10% of their profit comes from UK. So, I mean, it's not a big part of their business, but to hear that that's $2.7 billion and they're paying $2.2 billion in taxes, I mean, it's, it's got to disincentivize the company of operating there, right? You got you to gotta imagine the shareholders are going to start either pulling – their, their investment or, you know, as we saw our seeing with Salesforce, which is interesting. And we'll talk about it a little bit later, Elliott management's coming in because when you start both moving too far forward and any, anything that takes away from profits in this case, it'd be renewables or what we're talking about is taxes. I think you're going to see either the management team saying, I'm going to get sacked, fired. So I better do something. Or you're going to see, activist investors step aboard. And and my blog this Thursday goes back to a blog I wrote two years ago, kind of talking about this whole phenomenon of like, hey, everything looks good. But once shareholders start saying, wait, you're, you're minimizing profits or you're destroying shareholder value, they step in and management teams get sacked. So I think Bernard is trying to be smart here. We'll see what he does. Well, what that means, just translating to you know, what everybody watches is how fast are you going to cut your global oil production, which is the source of emissions to to the you know the outside observer and they tapped the brakes a little bit here in this report they were supposed to be down or the target was to be down by 40 percent by the end of the decade and now that's been dropped to 25 percent by the way can i just brag on yeah that's <laughs> brag on mark for a second after he has got so many good compelling notes he had over twelve thousand fans last week just jam our our social media about how great he was. Twelve thousand. Twelve thousand. There we go. Well, no. While 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 he's rolling, because I, I think this just rolls right into it. Love it, uh, Mark. Why do you think 
investors, consumers, environmentalists are trying to get the majors to become renewables companies. Is there anybody else out there that might be better? Well, I, I think uh, for the for one extreme end of the spectrum, this is you know paying for past sins, right? Fix the problem by pivoting the business model completely from oil and gas production to producing nothing but renewable energy. And we've seen various responses to that, as you just alluded to, across the majors, which I've found very interesting. And so I actually have a view that's shared by some others, which is why would we want the majors to do that? That's 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 <laughs> right? that's exactly the con One, conversation. The majors are 10% of global oil production, so they don't really move the market. Now that that doesn't mean they shouldn't operate responsibly and do things like capture fugitive methane and do all those things. But the core business model, which for a long period of time, they weren't very good at as measured by long-term returns performance. Now they're, you know, turning that around, so to speak. Why would there be an, a, from a practical standpoint, why would there be an expectation you could pivot that whole business model and culture to producing, you know, solar panels and wind turbines, to put it simply, um, you know, credit to Mike Worth, who we talked about about a year and a half ago when Chevron had their new energies roll out. He said, we, we've decided deliberately not to pursue, you know, new business in solar and wind because we just, you know, paraphrasing, we just, we, we're not competitive and we can't generate. Yeah, lower returns. profits. I mean, it's, right. it's going to reduce the profits. of the I, I would argue that, you know, Apple, which is about four and a half times the size of Exxon, is way better at the skills of solar and wind, for example, which is manufacturing and assembly. The majors produce raw materials. They're extractive. They do process and they produce the building blocks for a lot of things. They're not. I also think Apple's smarter because you sell AirPods. No one blinks an eye about how much <laughs> well, money you make on those. However, the only contrary I'll say, Mark, to this is is both Apple and Google have been struggling to hire people that understand energy. So, I mean, it, it, sure they understand the pieces of it, but they don't understand. They don't. They don't get it. And and that's been a struggle in um, the Bay Area for quite a bit of time. Right. Which I think is also a problem and, because the tech companies have such a heavy influence on um, dictating what utilities are doing and planning for their energy mix because they're saying, hey, we want 100% renewables on our servers. And we have these huge uh, demand centers and we want 100% renewables. And so the utilities start catering to them, right? And- I wrote That's, an entire strategic narrative for a giant company that will not be named that they're using moving forward because of this phenomenon. Now, one of the things I've been sort of an, uh, a proponent of is why are the tech companies being blamed? I mean, the reason why we need more power is we have iPhones and iPads and, and Teslas. Dude, and thank you. They create all the, they're thank creating you. all the power needs. Chuck, how many rants have what I gone hell, on? Man? You know, everyone bitch and complaint about Bitcoin mining is how much energy it consumes and it's dirty. It's a waste of energy, but no one ever questions how much power the Xbox live network consumes. Or, or I need same day delivery for my dog treats. You had Exxon yeah, hell responsible, yes, I do. responsible for counting, accounting uh, for the scope three emissions of we don't the talk Amazon about delivery truck. 
You know, oh, the, the ordered one toothbrush and got it same day delivery. I mean, the cap on the UK energy bills, I think, is three grand a year, mm-hmm. right? You know, because the government's subsidizing the rest. iPhone costs a thousand dollars. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is one third of your energy bill, and they're using child slave labor to build this. Yeah. That's we don't true. talk about that. And then number two, there's lots of things we don't. Yeah, all the except on BDE, all the rare, (laughs) all the rare metals they need to make this, the cobalt and all that. We've been talking. We don't talk about that either. Now it's slave labor in the Congo. About, I I saw something related. hmm. Just getting back to the, you know, the kind of mandated or government intrusion into private business, and it'll probably come up tonight in the State of the Union. Forget the source of it, but. Apparently, the president is going to propose something akin to a buyback surcharge. What does that mean? I don't know. Because right now we're at 1%, right? You've got to, don't we have, if you do a buyback, don't you have to pay 1%? Are you talking buyback? about share, buy, share, share buybacks? buybacks? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he's going to uh, amp that up potentially. So you already have to pay 1%? I think you have to. I think that was part of the last tax thing is that you've got oh, really? to pay 1%, but maybe, maybe I've I'm kind wrong. of started drifting towards the camp where I think share buybacks are a grift. So, so political and regulatory intervention is pointed, I think, as we collectively believe not in the right direction on some of this, whether it's adding layers of taxation to, to UK revenues for UK producers or, you know, making, the majors responsible for scope three emissions or, you know, ch- completely changing a business model to meet, you know, some future state that currently is not, I think is evidenced by BP tapping the brakes. And if, if the debate over whether to publish the energy outlook is true, the internal debate is true is are we imperiling, you know, the, the economic reason for being, which is to generate returns. Yeah. I mean, you're attacking the the root of capitalism, right? I mean, the only reason we have share buybacks is that's the tax efficient way to do it, right? So if I loan a company money and they pay me interest, they deduct the interest payment. So they get a tax write-off for that. And the interest I get, I pay taxes on. If I buy a share, that corporation pays taxes on the profits and then when they send me a dividend, I pay mm-hmm. taxes too. Mm-hmm. So the way well, all a share buyback is, is you pay taxes at the corporation for the profits, and then you buy a share back. And instead of owning you know, 10% of the company after the buyback, I now own 13%. Yeah, but here's the problem. So my dividends. This is when I, like, this yeah. one I, not to get too off topic here, but I want to hear y'all's opinion on this. 2020, the airlines get bailed out, right? after performing all these share buybacks. And so they were privatizing the gains and subsidizing the losses. And so instead of paying out dividends to shareholders and actually making their investors money, start using their money to buy back shares and then they get billed out by the government. And I just think that- uh, Well, that's that's bad government policy. That's not necessarily a problem with share buybacks because share buybacks, same thing as dividends. It's just yeah, bad government policy, but it's also corporations no, I, taking I, but you're, advantage you're, of you're it. You're taking on another hot button for me. It's why is the government bailing out anybody? Yeah. yeah. And and they get bailed out, which means like, well, they should just let the market kill them. If they if they made bad decisions, why are we bailing that, those fuckers out? No, 100%. Yeah. I'm a true capitalist. Like, hey, if you can't fucking 
make it in I the I mean, market, GE then. is the sort of the... For the, a sector that's familiar with the ability to repeat itself in the bankruptcy cycle, then... Yeah, there's a core competency There's a mechanism already in place, so you can... I'm pretty sure oil and gas companies, like, part of your business plan is bankruptcy. Yeah. Like, that's part of it. I mean, and I would never want to be in the camp... I'm the resident libertarian here. I'd never want to be in the camp of defending... You're not the only one. The argument for the bailouts was the government shut down commerce so it was you know i guess you can mm. insure for a pandemic you know like wimbledon did i don't know man i've always been super um you know i've always considered consider myself libertarian but also understand the government plays important roles in society and so that's always a fine line to walk there but when it comes to capitalism like i hate like we don't have true capitalism and after 2020 i got super sour about it i didn't get ppp loans i didn't get uh stimulus checks like Stimmy. I, I don't get shit <laughs> and well, you, so you know what was great maybe it, i just don't play the game right but you should yeah i shouldn't have like shouldn't have to i want if you can't cut it in business and you're over levered or you didn't prepare i mean then, it's a black swan event that happened to yeah. some degree some people clearly knew what was going on but well hold on this is the greatest story though so wimbledon every year for a gazillion years has spent two million dollars a year insuring against a pandemic because there was, you know, there was some old fucker on the board that lived <laughs> through the Spanish flu back in 1918. So damn it, we're gonna do it. And uh, anyway, when they had to cancel Wimbledon, they got paid out their TV rights of whatever it was, 180 million dollars. And that guy's like, I was right. <laughs> right. I told you, you only gotta be right once. You're still alive. That's <laughs> all you have to do is one time. See, you can survive this. What's the big deal? Yeah. What's the deal? <laughs> so. Anyways, what do we got next? All right, Get off so, our libertarian so, rant. So here. let's let's uh let's do this real quick. Interesting side note story. Eugene, Oregon, first city in Oregon to require all new homes to go all electric. No more gas grills in in Eugene. Thank God. It was saving people's lives. Thank goodness. The government does <laughs> save people. <laughs> Eugene, Oregon's I mean the type of place where you'll see that stuff happen. I'm actually like you know, I don't. Did we talk about on BD a few weeks ago about natural gas refrigerators? Big digital energy. Big digital Big energy. Digital energy. <laughs> uh, we did. Yeah, yeah, that blew my mind that natural gas refrigerators were a thing, um, particularly in Alaska. I, yeah. The one thing I will say, I'll give Eugene, Oregon, props on this. They can do this because I think eighty percent of their electricity comes from hydro. Yeah, probably comes That's from right. hydro. So, That's so, right. so that yeah. that they're they're walking the walk, talking the talk. But yeah, they've got to realize that a lot of us don't have rivers that we can dam up. I mean, right they there. don't. Eugene, Oregon doesn't have a natural gas basin located right next no. to it that they can pipe net gas to very easily, right? And so, I was actually just talking about that with Crystal, who just started at Digital Walkheaders yesterday. I was telling her, I was like, hey, energy is very much geographically dependent. Absolutely. If you're up in the Northwest and Canada, you have a ton of hydropower. Cool. Like, that's awesome. Out in the desert in West Texas, you don't have any water at all. So, so hydro? No hydro at all. <laughs> Go build there out was, a, dam there in was a run at some CBM, as I recall, back in the early 2000s in Oregon. So, was there? Yeah. There's, there's, yeah. A, there's a natural gas field in Washington State. That, Probably uh, on the east we, side of... Washington State. Yeah, we we looked at it one time, and it just was like, why would we want to go to? Well, I was just reading one of your <laughs> tweets, uh, Senor, about um, you know how long would it take to get a permit to drill in California? So the government you just propped up 
now you're let's take the opposite of is the regulations in the northeast are in the south and the and on the west coast is just very difficult yeah, yeah. no 100 percent. and so you know the thing is is there's this whole debate about one there's this push about natural ghost natural gas stoves aren't healthy inside your house and i said think, no one ever i think way. that it's debatable uh to be honest and i also think it's comical that we're blaming such a small percentage of asthma cases on natural gas stoves and not looking at diet and <laughs> things that like there's much larger problems. We keep hitting and, topics we shouldn't talk yeah, about. Yeah, no. <laughs> We're going deep. We're going deep today. Colin's well, back. Welcome, but, well, welcome to this week's BD. <laughs> yeah, but I deal with this a lot on Twitter because a lot of people think that there's some huge conspiracy of oil and gas companies uh, putting a ton of money into propaganda saying that you need to have a natural gas stove to have better meals. And I think that's just absurd. I think that it's absurd that people think that uh, that's a thing. All you need to do is just observe for like 30 seconds. You realize that gas cooks so much better than electricity. I'll die on that hill too. I've lived, as a, as look, someone that fancies himself a chef, natural gas so much I've better lived in a home I mean, with a natural on. gas stove all my life, have no asthma, fucking elite when it comes to cardiovascular health. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to put that out there. Um, obviously, I'm one person. Well, you know person, what the but... new research said? That it actually leads to prostate injuries later mm, in life. That's right. So that's, there you go. That <laughs> explains a lot. But, you know, what's happening, and I want to give a shout out to, uh, uh, man, I know his real name. What's his, uh, uh, what's his anon on Twitter? I can't think of it, but anyways. What's, what's the anon? Uh, is it Harold Ham? Oh, uh, Hambone. Hambone. Now, yeah. Uh, Wampum. Wampum. There you Wampum. go. Kind of remember his, yeah, Wampum. Give a shout out to Wampum because last month he put out a tweet. He said, this is a dog whistle for sure. universities and research institutions to go out and start finding right. research that natural gas stoves are bad for your health. Well, well the, so, that's a the the original research that's been, been cited as the basis for doing this came out of Stanford originally which conducted the tests with a gas stove in a facility that was completely sealed off. Yeah. No by ventilation plas by plastic <laughs> with no ventilation. Yeah. So it's not realistic. It's not realistic. Um, yeah. When know. I, when I heat my house, I heat all of downtown Richmond because my house was built in 1897. <laughs> yeah. Chuck's house has wood. no, and thank air, no insulation air at all. Yeah. Air <laughs> downtown Richmond. So. Yeah. So anyways, um, speaking of bad, stupid governments, our guy Kirk wants to go on a little bit of a rant here about Europe. So tell us what let's let's update Europe. What what the hell's happening in Italy? I don't get it. Uh, well, Italy. number one, let's Europe was so damn lucky by the weather. So warmest just, winter since eighteen eighty one. Lucky as hell. Right. But there's a few things happening in Europe. First is the NL chief, who's CEO of of the largest renewable company in the world. They have over fifty six gigawatts of energy under management. The conservative Italian government's looking to sack him. And, and part of the reason that they want to sack him is he spent all this time converting Enel over into this renewable company while closing down coal plants and being more reliant upon Russian gas. So from a fiscally responsible perspective, 
a government that's looking out for its citizens, arguably, is saying he's hey, he's he's he hasn't done a good job managing the business. Now, people would applaud, you know, being in the business. People are like, NL is the is the model. Look at what he's done. Profits have not been as good. Gas is not, they're not as reliant power from a power structure. So I think that's a really interesting thing to watch. Secondly, we're seeing a lot of US companies not able to get funding for new LNG export facilities because Europe will not sign these long-term deals. And traditionally, when you're spending billions of dollars building these super long-term LNG plants, you need long-term contracts to be able to raise money. Yeah. Well, Europeans aren't doing it. Now, I do see an interest for the traders because Europeans are going to have to do just just very short-term deals. But yeah. LNG facilities are really struggling in the U.S. to export because the Europeans are like, wait a minute, you know, a 20-year deal gets too close to 2050. We have these climate goals. And I'm saying maybe climate goals are not going to be – it'll be interesting to watch because the third – bullet point that i'm we'll just, just go ahead and say that they're not gonna happen i mean when they when those well, started getting set five eight years ago whenever that started happening there's like there's no realistic way to get to that and we saw the great irony too in the last couple of years especially with you're, you're burning more wood pellets in europe which are actually sourced to the united states from yeah, not bad for smoking forest. meat but you know chop, chop down our forests grind it Pretty down poor and then put it on profile. yeah Terrible. So Terrible. the interesting thing about NL in Italy, from what I'm hearing, it sounds like people are fucking around and finding out that economics don't actually align with ideals. Is that is that correct? That you That's set correct. out these ideals and then five, 10 years later, the economics don't play out. And it's unfortunate for people like that, like the CEO of that company. It's like, hey, I'm doing what? The market stole me. And the to CEO do. has actually been quoted multiple times for advocating a drastic reduction in gas consumption. So Italians are saying, wait a minute, my cost of living has gone way up because of energy prices. Great, we're saving the planet, but I'm dying here. Yeah. I can't use gas. What am I going to do? Yeah. Yeah. And when, in this past winter, in the lead up, when there was, you know, apparent shortage, if we'd had a normal or colder than normal winter in, in Europe, you had European buyers who were who had the wherewithal to price Asian buyers who did not out of you know critical spot cargos, right? right. You, you saw Pakistan several times, I think, tender for single or a handful of cargos, and they would they you would get tender. no bid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we really we you and I were talking about this earlier. We really need to create the index that how many people die when energy is high in price there there needs to that needs to be publicized you said some good do. chart earlier around on on text about this about yeah. like countries rich and and, and our lower energy prices the, yeah, the wealth oh, i saw that chart yeah, yeah that was a good no, chart there's no yeah. advanced economy that that you know runs on high energy prices. And what about the germans like you you sent another chart i thought was interesting that we should post here i didn't see this about one. Germans aren't saving enough gas. So Germany is urging households to reduce energy consumption because, again, <laughs> once again, they shut down all their yeah. coal facilities and are relying upon Russian gas and yeah. can't build renewables I mean, fast enough. They started enough. conservation, I believe, June of last year, and they haven't lifted up on it yet. I mean, so 
I know of somebody that was driving around Germany and lights are off and you walk into the, you walk into the building, it's freezing cold. Can't get your strudel. Yeah. I, uh, there was this conversation happening on Twitter uh, a couple of days ago. I thought you were off Twitter. No, I've been on Twitter. I'm still on. I just don't find it as valuable as I did, but I did find something valuable here. So I'll share it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but this guy tweets out about people in New York. He's like, Hey, you know, these systems are designed to where if it gets to five degrees, your, your building is going to be 65 degrees on the inside. So don't be mad about it. Just appreciate that. That's the way that the building was designed. And one of my friends who's, um, he's very into electrification. He's kind of like me, except on the electricity side, he grew up as a lineman. And then, uh, He's just very active on Twitter now. And he's like, this is the most academic response I've ever seen. Like, be happy that your house is under 65 degrees. And me and him are going back and forth, just kind of clowning on these people because it's like, if your value proposition for energy transition is a degradation and quality of life, that's not going to fly with Never happened. most Americans. Like most Americans I know, hey, it's five degrees outside. I want my house to be 72. You know, I want to well, be, be warm on Just say it. Yeah. Just tell us. We, that's that's my argument. Or hey, you get a fireplace, burn wood. Yeah, I'm sure that's better for you than natural gas. <laughs> we, we've been trying to impose cafe standards for what thirty years, and the consumer choice went the other way. Which what are is cafe standards? Gasoline. Oh, okay. Mileage standards, and so <clears throat> you've seen the the shift away from smaller sedans over time to larger more performance oriented vehicles. Yeah. Right. We're driving way more SUVs. Yeah. The excursion we thought was and what's, the pinnacle, what's the number one Tesla's so, new truck is pretty damn Dude, big. the excursion with the 7.3 diesel in it was just like primo. <laughs> like we need to bring that back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mark. I was derailed <laughs> no, that's, there. No, it's actually funny. One of my friends came over here and uh, he's uh, Irish, lives in Norway and he's a coworker. He came over to help me with some jobs, and I picked him up in a Ford Expedition. And he's like, "Holy shit!" He's like, "This is a fucking boat." He's like, "I can't believe you have cars this big over here." And that's just like something that's part of American culture. But it's actually funny because I saw a guy on Twitter the other day from Washington D.C. He's down in Texas, some like rural town in Texas. Takes a picture from his car. There's a dually. It's like a Dodge dually truck in front of him. He's like, "Oh yeah, this seems like a sensible thing to drive around." I'm like, yeah, dog, you're in rural Texas. Like, people actually fucking work with trucks down here, not the in shot, Washington, D.C. rack behind yeah. your- uh, Got the arc welder. Yeah. yeah. Why don't you go walk up to his window and tell him that he shouldn't be driving that truck? Yeah, <laughs> we should string out gear on front of the truck, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so- I did pull some interesting data, which this is just side note, let's move on. But public spending on energy R&D- so Paris International Energy Agency said in 2021, the total public spending was $38 billion. So China is leading by far than the US and Europe. It's not even like, that's just, that's nothing. I mean, so it's actually interesting that we have all these energy problems. The, the, the media is saying, hey, let's move to renewables. But when you actually look at government spending money on technology, it's, they're not spending anything. What do you, what would say you on that? Well, That's actually where I think like the biggest value of government is, is investing in technology that absolutely. doesn't make sense for private companies to invest in because they're not going to make mm -hmm. money on it. And I mean, you see that like 
you know, Hitler and the Nazis for all the bad things that they did. A lot of technology that we use today came from them and as a result of World War II, right? And so Send governments- Sending a man to the moon, same sort yeah, of thing. We yeah. got Tang out I thought that. that was fake though, right? Yeah. <laughs> Is that where we're going to take it? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Where did JFK give that speech? Rice Stadium. Send yeah. a man to the moon. And, you know, he he goes on his, his uh, rant about- uh, why climb the highest mountain? Why the line right before he says, why go to the moon? He actually says, and when you go see the speech in the JFK museum, it's written in his handwriting. It says, why does rice play Texas in football? We do these things because they're hard, not because they're easy. But anyway, sorry. I we got, we got Tang and Velcro out of the moon. That was amazing. Sorry. <laughs> that's actually pretty, that's good. I always forget about that until you bring it up. And I bring it up a lot. Sorry. What about Tang Zero? Everyone else is doing it, but I'd try that. Tang Zero. Tang Zero. You know, like Coke this, Zero. This is a kid-friendly show. Will you please stop? <laughs> like Tang the orange juice? <laughs> Psh, I, yeah. Whoa. That, whoa. That, no, they, they, well, the NASA, faux orange something. He doesn't know Na, what Tang NASA, is. NASA design, uh, came up with that for the astronauts. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, no, Tang yeah. was an orange juice. That, yeah, we, we grew up nasty, on that. nasty, man. Oh, it was great. No, it was gross. I just All like right. the commercials with the monkeys. I remember those. Colin, give us a Nape update. What did you see last <laughs> week from Nape? And I, I'll go on my rant. And let's not talk about the Tang at Nape either. <laughs> uh, I wasn't at Nape, so I don't know. The So I didn't go into the convention, but, you know, did the parties. As always, Dave Baggett at Opportune throws the best party. You drink Silver Oak wine, which is great. He's got champagne. Well, where's the invite for me next year? Dude, I'm getting cut off these lists. I'll get you into Vincent Elkins, which I'm calling Vincent Elkins right now. Like, invite us. We're the coolest people here. I chatted with Mark Kelly at the Opportune party, but not at Mark's party at V&E. But anyway, uh, so Opportune's party was great. The Four Seasons bar was a shit show like normal. Kind of had. Did the, you go uh, strap? Did I what? Did, were you strapping? What does strapping mean? <laughs> Colin, what does that mean? <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it means. The dude's but... talking about Tang Zero. <laughs> I have no idea where you're Tang going. Tang is strapping. <laughs> all right, Four Seasons, great party. <laughs> okay, but what does strapping mean? No, it's all right. Just I, I mean, just it, it can mean a couple things, and we'll ask our our listeners to 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 opine on what that actually means. But how was it? Radio edit. No, it was fun. It was fine. I was a little worn out. I had uh, I'd gone out with my two former assistants, uh, Stacy and Claire, on uh, Tuesday night, and we just wound up getting lit. We were like little teenage girls, just chatting and rumor mongering and gossiping. Do you have a car service that. or a limo? What, what was it? Uber. Stretch. Oh, Uber. The, the okay. Uber. Uber. He's a man of the people. Yeah. You so. are a man of the people. <laughs> Safety <laughs> first. <you>. Heck yeah. <laughs> I, I I Ubered there because if I you knew had I was, if I you had Boss Hogs like that old uh, was it a caddy with like the long with the Longhorns that would have been dude super we need to get the digital no, wall catters caddy opportune like that. basically had kind of stretch limo old timey car out front it was pretty cool because you know his his thing's kind of the Gatsby we had a party on uh, Tuesday night I think us combo curve and tracks it was good was that you that tweeted out like drinks on me yeah okay yeah. that was cool. But Chuck wasn't invited. I wasn't invited. Why'd y'all not come? You saw it. It was awesome. Chuck, where were you? I wasn't invited. I didn't know. It's open invite. All you had to do is say you wanted to go. Dude, I love it. Mm. <laughs> just don't Tang Zero. Sponsored by Tang <laughs> Zero. All right. So back-to-back weeks. Here we go. 
the finger of the week. Dun, dun, dun. Inserting the video now. Who's <laughs> the right. finger of the week? All oh, right. by the way, by the way, from that party that we had, some guy from Wyoming was there. He works for a mineral fund. And he's like, dude, he's like, I love BDE. He's like, I skipped straight to finger of the week. That's the best part of the show. <laughs> so... Well, for you Wyoming fans and golfers out there, the finger of the week goes to Aaron Rodgers because that fucker has like a three handicap. If you don't know anything about golf, you can Google it. He entered the AT&T Pro-Am listing a 10 handicap and him and his partner won the Pro-Am. And no one would say anything because it's Aaron Rodgers. But Keith Miller, who's now my favorite PGA Tour player, because he's like, this is bullshit, dude. <laughs> he's like, did you win? He's like, well, if Aaron Rodgers... like." The fact that we beat everyone but Aaron Rodgers because he cheated, like, we won. I love that. <laughs> but Aaron, you're an asshole because that's just, that's cheating. I don't know much about uh, golf, but I'm assuming that's a 10-stroke uh, handicap. Basically for- seven shots he basically stole yeah. from, every, from the field. Got so. you. And, I mean, he's uh, an elite athlete, so exactly. you figure that his golf game's got to be somewhat decent cheater have you seen charles barkley though i mean let's <laughs> let's not let's not immediately go to that yeah. uh he's fixed his game yeah barkley has gotten better that, that weird that's, kind of, i need to get barkley on the that's show that's one of the worst high profile sandbagging stories i've ever heard oh it's and it's and no one wanted to say anything but what do you get for winning I don't know. I'll have to like was there up. a purse was there a prize for it i don't he think now, his amateurs he now has to? won as many Pro golf tournaments as he has Super Bowls. Damn. There we go. <laughs> not, to, not to have to go to the Jets. That was, yeah. <laughs> that was right. a burn. All right. That wraps up today's show. If you don't mind helping us out, sharing the show with a friend, share it on LinkedIn, share it on Twitter, share it on Instagram. Tag Kirk. He's trying to build up his followers. He yeah. Trying to get some followers. I heard him talking to Jules early in the office. I just want to go me. walk into a restaurant like Chuck and everyone goes, it's Chuck. It's no, Chuck. they say fatty. Nimble. It's Nimble Fatty. So I told Kirk, he needs a nickname. You don't, people don't know you until you I get a said, nickname. I, at Nape, I said the single most obnoxious thing I think I've ever <clears> said in my life. I'm at the opportune party and some guy walks up to me and goes, Oh my gosh, it's Nimble Fatty. And I said, Hey, Chuck Yates. And he goes, I know I met you. And I said, Sometimes I have to tell people my name just because they can't believe they're in the presence of me. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> we need to stop this, man. Yes. This is getting ridiculous. You can't create your own. He laughed. In, in all fairness, he laughed. He, he knew I was kidding. All right. We will be back next week. Schedule's changing up a bit. Next week, BDE, Big Digital Energy, will be out first thing Tuesday morning. So if you want to listen to it on your commute to work, listen to it before the office, listen to it when you're working out, because that's what gets you fucking pumped up is listening to us talk about Absolutely. energy news. It'll be out first thing Tuesday morning. Um, so check it out. Share it with a friend. Catch you next week.